Hi, everybody. This is uh, Silvio Canto in Dallas, uh, Texas, Monday, September the 4th. And of course, happy Labor Day to everyone uh, out there. Labor Day is, of course, uh, usually a yardstick, political yardstick when it comes to elections, certainly the year of the election. But the year before the election, it is a yardstick. A lot of times that's when the presidential campaigns uh, begin. Let's say hello to our friend uh, George Rodriguez in South Texas. How are you, George? Very good. Very good. Thank you. Enjoying the holiday. Yes, we all need that. All right, George, we got to get real business out of the way fast. The Rangers and the Astros, big three-game series. Uh, it's the three games they have left this year. They're basically in a tie right now. Uh, you know, I, I think everybody expected the Astros to be here, not the Rangers, though. So we're pretty excited about that here in North Texas. What's going on in Houston? Uh, how are the fans there reacting to it all? Well, um, very, very, very frightened. I'll use that word. Uh, very cautious. Uh, the Astros have not been performing particularly well the last month. Mm -hmm. uh, they had one game with uh, uh, Boston up where they where they lost seventeen to three. So uh, it's uh, it's been a a more of a downtrend for the Astros. And so we're holding our breath. We're holding our breath. Yeah. We're hoping that um, that at least we'll get into the playoffs. But then after that, who knows? Right. Well, of course, there's about 25 games left for Seattle, for Texas, and for Houston in the division. And, uh, you know, we'll see how it goes. I mean, we're in – this is the fun part of the baseball season. Yes. Because you get into what they call the pennant race. And this is something that every fan wants to go through because every game matters. You know, every night the game matters and you're checking the scores of the other team. So, it, you know, I've been through several of these before. They're a lot of fun, uh, especially when, when they get down to the last two or three games of the season. They're even more fun. Yeah. But, it's you know, the Astros have had such an amazing run, you know, four, four World Series in six years. I mean – uh, I think we can hopefully share some of that glory uh, with you. But I mean, I know it's tough. I think to our expectation go. level is a little higher than, than yes. normal. Yes. And, uh, you know, it's like with the Dallas Cowboys. Our expectation every year is to go to the Super Bowl. But Well, it, it's, I was picking the Astros to win the division and honestly get back in the World Series. So um, that was my prediction in April. So I, you know, because all you got to do is look at that team, look at that Astros yeah. team, and you can make that prediction. We'll see. We'll, we'll see what happens the next time we chat. Uh, we will see uh, where our we'll two favorite. Much better picture of what's going on. Yes, I think we will. I can tell you the, the entire series is sold out here in uh, North Texas. So I hope, you know, when they sell that many tickets, you don't want to disappoint the fans. So, <laughs> so let's hope it works. All right. Just, uh, a very quick personal note, if I could just say this <laughs> up front here. Uh, our family came to the United States on this day in 1964. So, my goodness, time flies 59 years ago. That's if my math. If my math is right, is that right? 69 or 59? Yeah. 64. Yeah, that's so that's a long time. And of course, both of my parents are now gone. Uh, so, my brother and my sister, we all have our own families, our own lives, as they say. But this is one of those days, like I just called my brother about an hour ago, and I usually call him and I call my sister on this day because there's there's we share a history there that is so rare, you know, to be able to 
to share an experience with someone who was with you when it happened. Of course, with most of my parents gone now, uh, I have my brother and my sister left from that from that day uh, many years ago. So I always always think of that day as the day that I got my freedom when I came to the United States. And you know a lot of Cubans, so you know how we feel about that. Absolutely. All right, big story uh, coming up, uh, George. Paxton impeachment. It starts next week, I guess tomorrow. Here's my prediction. I don't think he's going to be convicted be for two reasons. Number one, the state Senate is the one who is the jury. Uh, so you're going to have politicians basically making the call. But politicians are usually a little skeptical of reversing elections, which is what a conviction would do. You would basically reverse the election of whatever it was 10 months ago. He was elected by a large He was. He was elected by a large number of voters. And 65%. Yeah, it's not like the issues were not brought up. I mean, I know George Bush brought it up in the primary and the Democrat opponent, Garza. So my guess is that the state Senate will give him a pass on that and he won't get to two thirds. That's my first reason. The second reason is that, and maybe you can confirm this, I'm getting a lot of emails. There are going to be primaries against those state senators yes. if they vote. Yes. So those are my two reasons why, number one, the, they won't do it in the Senate. Now, of course, this is all subject to any new evidence coming out. Right. But I think if there was, it would damaging have come evidence. out. Damaging, yeah, really damaging. damaging evidence. So what's your sense of this impeachment, George? How, how do you feel about it? Well, I, I definitely feel that it's politics. It is a, uh, a battle that was in my opinion initiated behind the scenes by the Biden administration, by the radical hmm. Democrats. Wow. And the reason I say then is, um, is because there have been a couple of uh, research teams of, of, of small groups uh, in, um, in Austin that have done uh, this uh, research of connecting the dots. Mm-hmm. And uh, they come back and they lay the, 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 um, uh, the blame at, initially at the feet of the Democrats. The radical mm-hmm. Democrats were upset mm-hmm. that he was really suing and winning against, mm-hmm. uh, against the Biden administration. The other thing that came into play is uh, the politics of the House. Um, in the House, traditionally, for the past four years, 30 years, uh, the Speaker of the House uh, has uh, been a moderate that will uh, depend on Democrats in order to uh, win the Speaker's race. That's the way it is. That's the way it's done. And uh, that's the way it's, it's, it's been played. Uh, this group, again, comes back and they lay the feet at the moderates who were not enamored in the first place with a conservative like Paxton. Now, having said all that, where does that take us? Well, that takes us to the allegations. That takes us to this impeachment. Um, And now the uh, issue is, what is the Senate going to do about it? Well, the Senate is not in the same position as the House. The Senate is very dominant, conservative, and Republican. And um, I I agree with you. I don't think it's going to get impeached. The other thing is that uh, senators and members of the House that voted for, Republican members of the House that voted for impeachment, um, are seeing that there is a mounting effort mm-hmm. to uh, uh, primary them. 
Uh, the other aspect of it is that I don't know if you've gotten some, of, I've gotten a bunch of emails uh, as well as contacts from, from grassroots organizations, lots of grassroots organizations, big grassroots organizations mm -hmm. who are very adamant that Paxton needs to be acquitted. Right. Um, that, well, I'm getting them too. I mean, those emails are daily. I, I just don't think that the politicians in Austin are going to be tone deaf to that. Right. I really don't. Well, they shouldn't be. They shouldn't be because, again, as you mentioned before, he was reelected in huge numbers. Uh, the issue of, of his ethics was an issue in the campaign. That's all the Democrats had against him. And then going back to the primary, George, when George Bush ran against him, he made an issue out of it as well. And look, I at least hear the Dallas Morning News, our leading newspaper. I guess it's the only newspaper we have left. <laughs> well, there's one in Fort Worth. Yeah, there used to be a couple here in Texas, but at least the one in Dallas. They ran a huge, they, they've been anti-Paxton, excuse me, all the way. Yeah. And they've been very tough on Paxton. So uh, he's obviously not the darling of the Dallas Morning News. But I don't think any of the major media. I mean, the yeah. Austin Statesman, the San Antonio Express, the Houston Chronicle, uh, Texas Monthly, Texas uh, Tribune, all of them have been have been very, very uh, right. antagonistic toward him. Yes, you're right. You're right. He hasn't been the darling of the media. You're also right. He's taking the Biden administration to task just about every week. Oh, gosh. Yeah. My and guess. He was, uh, yeah. he was winning. That's correct. That's right. He was winning. Uh, my guess is that he won't be convicted, meaning they're not going to get, what is it that they need? It's 31 senators, right? Yes. And it's 1912? Yep. I think so. Yes. So they would need two thirds of 31 and that, and that would be that what? Would be 20. 20. Okay. So I don't think they'll, even though they have, even if you get all 12 of them, in fact, if all the Democrats vote for conviction, I guarantee you that a lot of Republicans are going to vote not to convict just so that they don't hand the Democrats a victory. Exactly. So we'll, well see. Let's hope, let's hope yeah. that it's the way. Uh, yeah. I, I just, you know, I, I really do feel, though, that in the end, this is this this whole exercise is going to be very, very uh, damaging to the mm -hmm. Republican Party in the primaries. Right. Hopefully it'll heal by the time of the general election. But in the primaries, this is going to be this is going to leave some real uh, battle scars. Well, especially if he's convicted, because yeah. if he's convicted, I think you're going to have a. Well, even of... if he's not, I mean, I, I'm, people are very upset that that yeah. that they that, that uh, the House members voted to impeach him in the first place. There's you know, the one thing, George, that kind of caught me by surprise was how this sort of came out of nowhere. Um, you know, there's a legislative session, and you know, we spoke many times about that session and what our expectations were i nobody ever thought that this was going to happen i mean yeah. we never thought there was going to be an it, impeachment it, it, it came, came out of nowhere it, you know, there there was there was rumors but then when it actually happened it came out of nowhere and this is what, right what is very very uh, right angering a lot a, a lot of people was it uh, you know it it was it was a surprise attack it was like Pearl harbor no you're right i mean it was it came out of I, caught me by surprise. It was the, the other day I was uh, being interviewed by a young woman from Telemundo about this. And I told her I was not expecting this. I don't know anybody who really was. Yeah. Uh, at least, you know, the people who were expecting it didn't say anything until the very end. So 
this is going to be a story for the folks watching. This is going to be a story that'll go on probably longer than a week. Yes. So I think the next time we chat, we'll probably have a better sense of where we are. But my prediction today is that he will not be convicted. He'll return to be attorney general. And then what happens to him? I don't know. That's for another for another segment. George, another interesting story I wanted to touch base with you today on is the city of Los Angeles, you know, the city of angels. I think that's what they, it was called, uh, has is hinting on suing the state of Texas over these buses. Now, their argument is that they never invited these people. Of course, the counter argument is, well, aren't you a sanctuary? I'm sure our sanctuary community. Right. Yeah, exactly. So, so I don't think and this is going to get very in far. Fact, uh, Silvio, if you look at the, because I did, I, I looked at the um, sanctuary ordinance of the city of Los Angeles and the county of Los Angeles, and in it, it uses the word invite. It uses right. opened. Um, so I don't know. I mean, what the heck were they thinking? Well, they weren't thinking. That's, <laughs> that's what happened. They didn't think that anybody would take them seriously. Um, but this is really becoming an economic problem, George, for these cities. Tremendously. I mean, because look at uh, what's happening in New York. Um, Chicago, too. I saw a video the other day of a lady in Chicago, African, African-American lady, basically saying, I don't care what you do with him. Send them back wherever. I mean, she was very nasty in her remarks. But what's happening in these cities is they're not going to get any federal money for this. So that all they can do is basically take money that has already been budgeted for something else, and they're going to have to use it for this, which means somebody in the local community is not going to get what they thought they were going to get, George. Exactly. The, uh, you know, I call it, again, I call it the second phase of the, of the border crisis. You know, the first uh, phase of the border crisis, everybody's watching people coming across and entering freely, et cetera, et cetera. But the second part of it is, is much more damaging to taxpayers because it's the accommodating of all of these right. folks. Sure. And it is uh, where do they where do they stay? How do you feed them? What are they going to do? How are they going to educate them? How are you going to clothe them? Mm-hmm. All of these things. One of the very, very interesting things that happened over this weekend was the call by Biden administration people for people in New York to house them free. Open your houses to them. Uh, You know, I'm not sure. I'm blown away by that. Well, you should be because it makes no sense. I mean, it's one thing to... They create the problem and then they want you to fix it. That's right. No, that's exactly right. But, I mean, in Massachusetts, uh, the very liberal governor there has ordered the, the National Guard to to help the people, I guess, keep some order. Look, it's it's this is the consequence, George. One more point on this. This is the consequence of bringing six, seven million people exactly into the country without a program. In an uncontrolled, unplanned manner. Exactly. Right. You know, we mentioned earlier that I came here with my family on this day in 1964. You know, I remember that day. I remember in a very had, controlled, very planned. Manner. Exactly. Beginning with the fact that we had to wait for documents to come into the country. You know, we had to wait in Jamaica, in our case, uh, to get the papers ready. When we came here, we had papers that authorized us to come to the United States. 
So we went through the customs, uh, you know, people and the next day or the day after, I remember we had to go to another place to, to get more documentation, but eventually my father was able to work. Yes. Uh, a couple of days later, he had the papers to work. That's what's lacking now because these people who are coming in, are, they're not even immigrants because they're not even migrants because they're they're basically coming in on the expectation exactly. that they're going to win a court case. This exactly. is so insane. Uh, it's just totally insane, George. Uh, it is, in, again, uh, Silvio, in my opinion, it is a very willful act on the part of liberals, leftists, uh, who uh, are undermining uh, our, our, our laws. Right. They just completely and totally. They're, I mean, they're either, this is either a plan or they are the most incompetent people. Exactly. Now, I wouldn't overrule incompetence. Uh, because they are incompetent. But I just think this is the case. I kind of look at it this way. They ran a campaign. They they come in, and then they wanted to undo everything that, that Donald Trump had done. And two of the best things that Donald Trump did was the border policy and the energy policy. And they overturned those two things. So what do we get? We get this chaos in our cities, and we get gasoline over $3. That's what happens when you reverse. Other than that, clause. you know, we can argue that it might not be too bad. <laughs> That's right. Other than that, everything is just peachy, as they say. Uh, <laughs> all right, one last issue, George, on this Labor Day. Uh, I don't know who got this this idea. I think you you mentioned before the show that there's a group behind it. But just for the audience who may not be familiar with what we're talking about, somebody put a copy and, and I'm not even sure if it's the real part. Somebody took some a part of the Berlin Wall and put it on the border. Now, I don't even know if it's a real part of the Berlin Wall. I don't know. I know there are parts, because I know in the Reagan Library, they have some. And I think in the Bush Library, Texas A&M, they also have. They have some. But somebody put like a piece of the Berlin Wall, sending a message, I guess. And to begin with, George, when I heard about that, my first reaction was horror because over a hundred people were killed crossing that Berlin Wall. You and I grew up in that world. You know, the Berlin Wall was like this division of freedom and, and communism. But first of all, the Berlin Wall was built by East Berlin or East right. Germany. And they had soldiers killing people who were trying to cross the wall to, to go exit into- it, To exit it. That's right, to go to West Berlin. They were looking for freedom. So. I mean, that is such an insult to history, to the people who died, and to people like you and me, George, who actually understand the history of the wall. So it, I, I'm offended by this. So who do you know who put this up, George? Uh, supposedly, it is a group uh, It is a group called Sin Fronteras Without Borders, um, and uh, a very, very Marxist, very, very socialist, uh, in some cases, even anarchist group. Who actually believes that the world is better if it has no no front, no uh, boundaries, no um, borders, right. and uh, of course something like that is you know a, 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 it is completely so uh, crazy, and uh, they have uh, spun history to fit their needs, right? And uh, instead of understanding the true meaning of the of the Berlin Wall, that it was more of an imprisonment mm -hmm. to the world. Uh, 
they, they are claiming that this is what the United States is doing with its border. Right. Uh, our borders are to protect our country. Right. Our borders are to protect uh, our sovereignty and our citizens. Uh, it is more like, uh, it, it, it should be more like a fortress right. than it is anything else. However, to these folks who, who want entry uh, immediately and without, you know, without any kind of question, uh, having any kind of, uh, of uh, wall, having any, any kind of border uh, gets in their way, gets in the way right. of their ideology. But no, it's, it's insane. I mean, I could just say it is absolutely insane. It is an insult to people who are killed, the families of the people who are killed crossing. And it's an insult to people like you and me who know the history of that wall. Exactly. That, that wall was not, you know, was built to keep, like you say, people from escaping East Berlin. Um, Silvio, one of, one, of, one of the things that, you know, I was already at the De Department of, of, uh, of Justice uh, working on immigration issues uh, when the um, uh, when when Reagan went to Berlin right. to make his famous speech. And I remember very, very clearly uh, I was asked to provide some kind of guidance because, because a lot of it. Uh, yeah, let me just take this down. Sorry about that. Go ahead. I'm sorry. I forgot yeah. to shut off the phone. That happens a few times. So sorry about that. I'm yeah, sorry. Say because it Reagan wanted to, you know, the speech that was written originally for him mm -hmm. was from a perspective of immigration to allow free immigration from the East into the West. Right. And so, uh, again, that was the perspective of the, of the Berlin Wall. That was the action. Mm -hmm. and, sure. he went and he told them straight, tear down this wall. That is right. not what we want with our border wall. I'm sorry. No, no, I think you're exactly right. I mean, this was a real insult, a real insult to the to history and to the people who actually know what the Berlin Wall and people like me, you and me, who grew up, uh, you know, with the Berlin Wall. In that era, Wall. watching it. That one of the happiest days of my life was when the wall came down, down. in 1989. I mean, that it, it actually, for me. It, it, was, for me. it was, I mean, I remember watching on TV this thing, something I never thought would actually happen, if you know yeah. what I mean. Something, and a, and a few weeks later, the whole the whole communist system and that's and, right, and Soviet system just fell apart. That's right. No, I I don't know. I mean, I guess by what you're telling me, it was a private group, not the government. So that makes me feel well. The government went along with it. Oh, that, okay, all right. The government of Mexico has gone along with it because, of course, the government of Mexico uh, is very leftist and liberal, right? And uh, you know. As far as they're concerned, all they are is a highway for people mm -hmm. to get into the, into the United States. No, I mean I don't dispute that this is a leftist president in Mexico, but yeah. I also I, I thought they were smarter than that, you know, because this is this is so over the top. So we'll see what happens now. It'd be interesting to know how they got actually a, a piece of the Berlin Wall. Yeah. I'd be interesting to know that because I know, as I said before, that well, and, and, you know, we don't know that it really is. It could well, be, that's you know, it. That's it. it could fabricated be something like their whole. It could be, yeah, it could be something. All of their politics is fabricated. Anyway. Yes, yeah. it could be a fake piece of wall or whatever. But, but I know that just from a, a, a factual standpoint, <laughs> is a piece of the wall at the Reagan Library in California because that was such a, a huge part of his presidency, and also at the Bush Library at A&M, because that, again, it happened on on his watch. Uh, well, George, that's it. Another week, another show. Now, it just means we've got one more coming up next week where we're going to talk about 
probably a lot of the Paxton, uh, a lot of the Paxton impeachment. So uh, fix your schedule so you can join us uh, the next time so we can talk about that. My pleasure. And uh, thank you so much, George. And, and good luck, Rangers. I'll say that. Thank you. Very I'll much. say that. Good luck to the Rangers and good luck to the Astros. I hope they both make it to the playoffs together. I thank you so. very much. All right. Have a great day, George. Our good friend, uh, George Rodriguez, uh, down in, in, in South Texas, always joins us. Uh, we like to do it once a week. We normally do, where we talk about the politics of Texas. We call it the Texas Report. Um, by the way, this is Labor Day, as, as all of you know, and we're going to be talking with our friend Bill Katz, the editor of Urgent Agenda tomorrow. We're going to talk a little bit about the economy of the United States on Labor Day, because Labor Day is a day where people talk about the economy. And there are some nasty signs about consumer credit loans, uh, either credit card loans, consumer loans, automobile loans, where delinquency rates, meaning people not paying on time, is growing. And that's a terrible sign for the economy. So we're going to talk a little bit about that with our friend uh, uh, Bill Katz, uh, the editor of Urgent Agenda. We're going to talk about that tomorrow when we do our weekend review conversation with uh, with Bill. Have a great Labor Day. We've got some big dinners uh, later today. There's a big baseball game I mentioned to you about. So everybody have a wonderful day. This is uh, Silvio Canto in Dallas, and we'll talk to you later. Bye-bye, everybody.